Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman. You're about to make the jump from the dishonest mainstream media into free and independent thought from key thought leaders on the subjects of culture, causes, politics, and faith. All right, welcome to Wendy Thinker with Reed Uberman. Of course, my name is Reed Uberman, and I am happy to have somebody that I would consider a friend, kind of back in the day, uh, hip-hop artist, Zero Doubt. Zero Doubt is a Christian rapper from Union City, Tennessee, who never desired to rap until God called him to preach the gospel in 2004. Evident in his lyricism and tone, Zero Doubt is a word fan, which is why I love you, uh, <laughs> with a strong desire to be used by God and see people commit their lives to God with a message of faith while speaking the truth in love. Zero Doubt is willing to risk it all to maintain the integrity of the kingdom of God. Classified as an independent artist, he has boldly declared he is fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So uh, thanks so much for being on, man. It's My good pleasure, to see you. man. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. So throughout this conversation, I'm going to go ahead and warm my audience. I'm going to vacillate between Zero and Nate, because I know you're on a personal level, but I uh, <laughs> also want people to know who you are and what you're doing. Yes, sir. So um, I want to start off real quick talking about uh, the something you sent me when we were talking about this conversation, mm -hmm. that ever since June of 2020, you've been releasing a song each week. Yes. All right. So the first question is, Good God, how? <laughs> and then why? Because that date is interesting to me, and maybe we'll get into a conversation kind of too of what brings me into doing what I'm doing right now. But um, uh, but first of all, how? Like, how are you able to produce music with that kind of frequency? One song a week for the past 52 weeks. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, all the way through May of 2021. Okay. How? Only by the grace of God. Yeah. Um, let me tell you about the motivation behind it, though. Okay. You know, COVID had just hit early 2020, and a lot of people were confined to their households. And another inspiration um, was this book I was reading called The Life of Faith by Dr. Jerry Savelle. Okay. And he tells this story, and I'll abbreviate it, but he tells this story in the book about how he was believing God for something, specifically an airplane. And he felt like he was doing it by faith, but God kept coming to him and saying, okay, if, if you're really believing me for this, why aren't you doing these things now? Mm -hmm. And so the story, you have to go back and read it, man. It's a great book. I've probably read it four times. But it sparked something in me to say, you know, a lot of times we say things like, when I get to this level, I'll be doing these things then. But God is like, I'm, you're not waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. This is mm -hmm. what God is saying. So for me, it was like, it spoke, it spoke to me in such a way where I was so intrigued by the story that like, I wanted to go ahead and start doing now what I wanted to be doing for the rest of my life. Okay. In other words, what would I do now for the rest of my life, regardless if it paid me or not? Well, I just want to do music every day. Not because I'm just so in love with music, but I have a strong, like you said, I have a strong desire to get the word out and mm -hmm. use my gift. So why wait to the day that I'm able to do it every day? Why not just start doing it now? Yeah. And so that's what I started doing, man. I was like, you know what? Starting June 1st, one song a week, every single week for at least a year. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, it was something that I said, not really thinking about, you know, can I really do this? Because there were times <laughs> where it's like, oh, man, I might have just wrote a check that's going to bounce. I might, you I've know? made that mistake before. But, <clears throat> man, the inspiration was there. Um, the feedback from the people and the yeah. fans and supporters were there. And there were times where, you know, I would write a song. I'm like, I had a strict system, and I just wanted to just do it every single week. So I started it. And there were times, man, where two or three songs would come out a week that I wouldn't wow. actually release it write two or three songs so now you're a week ahead yeah. now you're two weeks ahead have there been times where you're just like oh my god i don't think i got a song this week in the beginning yeah yeah in the beginning i thought that a couple of times but man it was such a wave um and i i mean we were so far ahead of schedule that it was like it was almost boring because hmm. like man we gotta like we'll go and, and do a song and the song was like one of our favorites but we gotta wait eight weeks before it comes out because we're so far ahead of schedule yeah but it was a great experience, man, just to be able to to really zone in and focus on uh, this is it. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, to see it manifest and look back over and think, man, wow, 52 songs in 52 weeks. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. So are you still doing it? No. Um, just because I kind of want to go back and revamp and see, okay, we got, we got a lot of music now. 
I don't know if we need to do an album. I don't know if, you know, I'm just praying about what to do with the music that we have. Yeah. So we'll see. Awesome. We'll see. So that's really cool. So I was thinking this morning, and I wanted to talk to you about this too, uh, kind of that whole process, because I just started this podcast about six months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll jump back into, because I really want to talk to you about the date again and see, if, like, unpack that a little bit further and just see if there's more there. But I was thinking this morning about um, the grind of building a business, of mm-hmm. building a platform, and everything that that takes into it, uh, that you have to take into account when you mm-hmm. do that. Uh, social media is like, for me, is like this an incredibly unfortunate uh, part of it. <laughs> like I'm a total reluctant social media person. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I do it because out of necessity, but not because I like it. You can probably tell. Um, <laughs> but uh, but, I, but the thing that, that really kind of, was I was thinking about this morning is is weighing the the value of the platform and the and the purpose mm-hmm. that God has placed in your heart because yeah. for me I'll tell you something that I, and this is going to be really soul bearing to you for a moment um, I wanted to talk about things that I felt like I didn't hear pastors and other Christians really discussing uh, and really having nuanced conversations about mm-hmm. uh, I heard pretty much like cultural norms being uh, affirmed mm-hmm. but not really. Christian perspectives on real issues uh, that you know 2020 just exploded with, yeah. and uh, and so I found myself sometimes falling into the trap. To be totally honest with you, of trying to say things for not for the sake of clickbait, but for the sake of trying to be different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it was almost like I was I was building platform and and sometimes not as much focusing on the purpose for why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. Um, and then maybe even kind of because Christians have these struggles that maybe other people really don't even have. Uh, maybe even like talking to people uh, or talking about things that where you're castigating one side, like you're talking about leftists mm-hmm. or progressive Christians or something like that. And you're talking about it in such a way where you paint them as the enemy, but not the people that you want to win because right. you know that you can you can reach people who are despise those kind of things mm-hmm. um, with with certain kind of rhetoric. And I and I just thought to myself, man, it's easy to lose your focus in the midst of building a platform. Mm-hmm. It's easy to lose your focus with the with the purpose that yeah. God has called you to. And the last thing I'll say about that, and then I'd love to hear you respond about how you've kind of weighed that balance because you got to build a platform, right? Yeah. Well, if you don't have a platform, people aren't going to listen to you, right. but but also I'm reminded that God didn't call Abraham to build a nation. That was God's job. Mm-hmm. He just called him to have a baby. Correct. And that baby was the thing that produced the nation, um, you know, slowly but surely. So I've just been thinking about that whole thing, about making sure that you got a strong purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people, uh, especially younger people than us these days, and maybe people like us, millennials and such, are so in love with a platform that they haven't really figured out if they got a purpose for their platform. I agree, 100%. I I will say this boldly that the purpose is way bigger and has to be bigger than the platform. Mm-hmm. I think we all have a platform. Sure. But the question is what are you going to do with it? Yeah, man. And if your purpose is not bigger than your platform, then it's probably just going to crumble. If you're doing it for the wrong reason, of course. And that was you know, that's something that I dealt with early in, I'll say my career, but early in ministry because you know, there's a sound, there's a, there's a, there's a particular or sp- specific sound that a generation can identify with. Mm-hmm. And I felt like my sound didn't identify with the younger generation. Not saying that I'm old, cause I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm part of the younger generation, but. How old are you? I won't say that on record because, you know, <laughs> who cares about numbers? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just young and yeah. I'm grateful. Me, you um, and me both. <laughs> but. Um, Definitely not close to 40 myself. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Um, where were we at? Where were we going? <laughs> There's a sound. Purpose. That, yeah, yeah, the sound, man. There's a sound that, you know, certain generations identify with. And in the beginning, I felt like, you know what, my sound doesn't identify with this mm. generation coming behind us. And so there was a temptation to want to change your sound to sort of fit in yeah. or be uh, relevant with this generation that's coming up behind you. And God quickly corrected me. He said, it's not what I called you to do. That's good. I called you to preach the gospel. Do you, be you, be who I made you to be. Yeah. Don't conform to it. You know, the scripture says don't conform to the world. Don't conform to that generation. Don't conform to what everybody else is doing. Be you. And I had to, I had to be comfortable with being me. And when I finally got comfortable with being me, 
I understood that, you know what, not everybody is assigned to have a mega ministry, mm -hmm. but you can still have a mega voice in your ministry. Mm -hmm. And the sooner I understood that, the sooner numbers didn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. The sooner that audience, audience sizes didn't matter. Platform, you know, the platform that we have, you know, whether it be churches, whether it be, you know, jails and prisons or schools or social media, whatever it is, you're there for somebody, yeah. even if it's just one body. Mm -hmm. So the question is, are you willing to do this just for one person or do you got to have a million? I love that, man, because I think we will be surprised. And this is the beauty of being a Christian, I, you know, one of the many um, that I really hope if there are people who are not Christians, because one of the things I pride myself in is having an audience that spans kind of a large gamut of people. Mm -hmm. But if you're listening and you're not a Christian, this is one of the one of the things you should know about Christianity is that you have this understanding, this existential weight, this um, transcendent purpose that keeps on calling you back to reality. And one of those things is in heaven, you, you're, at least I'm constantly reminded of the fact that in heaven, the ranking system is different mm. than it is here on this earth. That perhaps, I know it's not this way, but uh, there's not going to be a rank and file system in heaven like right. you go first. But, <laughs> but you understand that God does not look at Brad Pitt any differently than he looks at this, the little mother who had an autistic child or a handicapped child, prayed for that child, loved right. that child, served that child. God, God doesn't think, wow, superstar Brad Pitt, come on into the kingdom. And then that exactly. woman is just like, well, you know, you did what you had to do. Mm -hmm. That woman is a superstar in heaven. Absolutely. Um, and, and so the ranking system is way different yep. in heaven than it is here on this earth. And it's, it's something that we can't forget as, as Christians. Absolutely. Yeah, scripture tells us, you know, he's no respecter of persons. So it's an it's a equal playing field. Mm -hmm. The question is, is Jesus Lord? Yeah. Is heaven home? That's and that goes with the purpose. Yeah. So you have to you purpose has gotta be the reason why. It has to be your why. And that purpose, um, I think again, and I know you would agree with me because I know you well enough to know that purpose cannot be socially constructed. In other words, uh, or at least it won't be as meaningful if that purpose mm -hmm. is socially constructed. So everybody's got a purpose too. Everybody's living for something. Yeah. Even if you haven't established what that thing is, set goals or whatever. Uh, however, we believe that the greatest purpose that you can live for is the purpose for the kingdom of God. Now, yeah. sometimes, and this is the thing that I struggle with too, is with, with what I'm doing is sometimes that purpose causes you to do things that you're afraid of, to do things that you're not sure if people will misinterpret or misrepresent what you're saying, or uh, it, it sends you sometimes to face off with your fears. I'll put it in biblical terms. It puts you in the lion's den very yeah. often. So that's the other thing that I've struggled with too with building the platform is that uh, if I'm going to build this platform faithfully, I cannot do it um, by pretending to be something I'm not. Right. And that means for me, what's valuable, and I think what God's called me to, is to be willing to have conversations that we may not have otherwise. So you can certainly weigh into that, um, but I want to go back to 2020, 2020. real quick. Because, the boy, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I vacillate between back and forth this too. Like some people say, it's the worst year of my life. Like what, mm. you sat at home and watched Netflix. That's the worst year of your life. And Put on about 10, 15 pounds. Yeah, poor you. Uh, <laughs> but in other ways, there were some really like surprising things that happened in 2020. I know for me, for sure, that I think the catalyst for what I'm doing now is what happened in 2020. So yeah. I'm curious, is yeah. it, beyond people just being at home and looking for content, what about 2020 provoked you to take a different stance in ministry and start doing some things differently? Well, man, it really, and I'll be honest, it actually happened before okay. 2020. It was toward the end of 2019, and I'm, I'm, it had to be God. But I start saying this saying every single day, especially on social media, that it's a great day to be grateful. Hmm. Um, never saw it from anybody else. It's not like I just made it up. But, you know, those words have been available to all of us for years, of course. But that saying, man, it's a great day to be grateful. That became my motto for living. And when 2020 hit, it was just evident that, you know what, this is this is the way you got to be. This is the mindset you're going to have to have. Yeah, Looking back. at everything that's going on. A lot of times, not just as believers, but as people, we look at our situations and we think we got it very, very bad. And the truth is, we don't have it as bad as we think we got it, especially if you're a Christian, because we have we have a savior, you know, and you have some people that are literally hopeless because they don't know Jesus. 
And here we are, sons, kings, and queens, and daughters of the Most High, mm-hmm. and we forget sometimes that we have access to the Father. Yeah. And so it, it really opened up my eyes, me personally, to say, you know what, man, it's not as bad as I think it is. Mm-hmm. It could it could definitely be worse. Yeah. The person next door, you know, you don't you have no idea what they're going through right now, yeah. whether it's mentally or whether it's outwardly, it doesn't matter. You don't know. So with that being said, you know what, regardless of what's going on in my personal life, man, today's a great day to be grateful. Because you know that. what, man, I could be dead. I love that. And that does bring me to something I wanted to chat with you about. Um, and by the way, I should mention, uh, and you you said this essentially, uh, is that it was Netflix for some people, by and large, I would say for oh, yeah. people our age and younger, it was Netflix. But genuinely, obviously, there are some people who suffered and struggled, people who lost loved ones. I lost my father um, as that. a result of COVID complications, not COVID directly, but COVID complications. Um, so that's a big story. So I, I understand uh, COVID in 2020 was a devastating year for some people for very legitimate reasons. Um, but uh, but it also did this. It also brought to the fore some conversations about race and oh, yeah. uh, racial reconciliations, uh, conversations and all that kind of stuff and did some really interesting things to... Um, to the church. So I'm curious what your feedback is. And and I want to say this just to the front, uh, because I, this is a pet peeve of mine, and you may not agree with me, but I hate it when people in the media or people just regardless treat black people as monolithic when they say, so what? tell me about the black experience. Like, what the heck? Like, is there a white experience? Like, I don't even know what it is. I know my experience. Right. But, uh, so I don't want you to comment on the black experience. I just want you to comment on your experience about um, as a black man, kind of your reference point about some of the conversations that we were having in church. And ultimately, do you think that on the, we're not on the other side of that, so it's wrong to say the other side of that, but in the, in the wake of that, perhaps, uh, do you feel like it was a good thing, a bad thing, combination of both, or uh, maybe one more than the other to have those kind of conversations and for all of that stuff to come to the fore? Well, I think it was time. Um... I think it had a purpose, just mm-hmm. like 2020. It all had a purpose. Um, I think it opened up a lot of people's eyes to the racism, the racism that has always been in this world, that people just kind of just slept on, you know, put on the rug. Um, I'm not a person who gets involved with political issues for the most part Mm -hmm. you want my opinion i'll give it to you but honestly if we talk political that's what it is it's my opinion versus yours sure and we have to understand that it even talks about in scripture that you know to avoid disputes because they just they render strife and it's just it's just a cause division i think a lot of times issues in this world man can just be distractions yeah um just something and of course the enemies are behind a lot of it yeah most of it um but it's just to divide and get the focus off of who God is, what God is doing, and what God is saying in His yeah. Word. And if we, I believe we would all just get back to, okay, who is God? What is God doing, and what is He saying? Then we would understand that those issues are already been spoke about cool. or spoken about in Scripture. This ain't nothing new. It's not like God. I'm getting excited. Can I turn my head around? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's not like God is sitting in heaven, like. Man, I didn't see that one coming. Mm-hmm. Let me go back and see if I can fix that. Yeah, this is nothing new to him. He's he's not surprised by anything that happened in 2020, nor is he surprised by anything that's going on currently. He knows his plan doesn't change though; it's still the yeah. same. So, and we lose focus of that. Yeah, we forget that. Okay, you know the end from the beginning. Why why are we tripping? Let's just trust him and see what happens. Yeah. Let's continue to be that light and see what happens. Yeah. Let's continue to win people and see what happens. Yeah, man. I couldn't agree with that more. I, 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 on on one hand, I, I think that's actually the answer, right? I was a little bit disappointed, in fact, with some of the way I saw pastors handle some of this conversation because I felt like, yeah. um, and you guys know the answer, but you're not giving the answer yeah. because I feel like you feel the necessity maybe fear uh, probably the motivation behind it is fear but you feel the necessity to echo the culture rather than to be the voice of christ in this generation and so we found ourselves saying like uh 
and and in some ways this is in some ways this is true, but it isn't helpful just to simply say, well, the church is the most segregated place on a Sunday morning um, in in America, which I, I don't even know that's true. Um, uh, if Chick-fil-A was open, it definitely wouldn't be true because oh everybody gosh. loves some Chick-fil-A. Especially on a Sunday. <laughs> that desire is so strong on Sunday. Oh, I'm wow. telling you. Uh, but I, I was a little disappointed with the way pastors were handling it. But also, I will say on the other side, you even said this, that um, uh, that it should have been recognized and it helped people realize some things that were there that were not there. So then the big question comes is like, okay, do we avoid the conversation altogether and just say God, or do we have the conversation and then lead people to God? I definitely believe the conversation needed to and has to be had. Okay. But there has to, it has to be had in such a way where there's understanding, mm -hmm. not to the place where I'm gonna prove you wrong or here's my point, you know, cause that just, again, it creates division, mm -hmm. it creates strife. And now you're worse off than what you wear. Yeah, this is, you wear. this is the way I say it. I think the conversation needs to be had with compassion, which means Absolutely. that you have to be willing to have the conversation with, uh, with the idea of reaching the other person that you're speaking to, not proving the other person wrong. Exactly. Or just saying what you feel like is supposed to be said, but trying to help people. So yeah. um, now the other, the other sticky situation there though, is that a lot of people say things that they think are helpful, but really aren't that helpful. <sighs> like, I don't believe the conversation about white privilege is helpful. I don't think that that helps anybody. Yeah, that just, I think it just confuses things. Yeah. Um, all lives matter. Black lives, white lives, whatever. I'll say that. Because how does God look at it? Mm -hmm. I've never seen it in the scripture as far as only these certain people's lives matter. They all matter. Mm -hmm. But it, and, 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 and I want you to keep going, but also, too, I think it's, it's so important to me. I'm passionate about this because if I had had, I would have turned around. Because <laughs> um, I've heard pastors say that if you look at a person by the conduct of their character and not the color of their skin, you're stealing their identity from them because God made them this way, yada, yada, yada. But the scripture mm -hmm. says very clearly, and I didn't hear any, like any, but it could just be my limited experience, but I didn't hear any of the major pastors when this was going on say, God looks at the heart, man looks at the outward. It's a man-made thing to look at the outward and not to look at the heart. And Paul even goes further and says, uh, that's from the mouth of God in 1 Samuel, but Paul even goes further and says, no longer judge a man from the outward, but judge him by his by his interior, by his character. By his Can life. you imagine what it would be like if the news and the media, because they, you know, they control the narrative. Yeah. Had they been like, all this craziness and chaos is going on. But the scripture says, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nobody's like saying that. like a politician to legitimately apologize. Yeah, yeah, nobody's saying that. And I, when I think about all the chaos, everything that happened, you know, all I can think about is John 17, where Jesus is praying and his prayer for the people was, God, let them be one like we're one. Mm -hmm. And so he's been calling for unification since day one. Yeah. But everything that's happened with 2020, the you know, the the movements and the all the stuff, it's just been crazy. That was just that was the exact opposite mm. of what we were supposed to be doing. Yeah. So that's why you got division. That's why you got chaos. That's why you got um, you know, the unnecessary arguments and fights and disputes. You got Christians going on social media arguing over, you know, stuff in chat boxes and inboxes and I, I just it's just a bunch of foolishness. But what we fail to realize is the enemy's sitting back like, Yeah, I got him. That's exactly what I <laughs> yeah. wanted. Yeah. I'm a wannabe filmmaker, so I produced <laughs> a uh I produced a film in the midst of all of that about a year ago called uh, Neighbors. Oh. Uh, and it was uh, like, I can't, I, the, the actors did fantastic, the writer, me, and the director, who knows. But, uh, but the ultimate goal of the film was to paint the picture. And this is the one thing that I don't think we're willing to talk about, uh, too, and that Christians maybe should be more vocal about, is, uh, is that the, the, th the force behind division is not ideology as much as it is the devil as that there is a greater in, there is a great plan a great agenda beyond the homosexual agenda behind uh the black lives matter agenda there is a an agenda beyond all of those and i'm not just i'm not pointing the finger at them as though they're uh, this because right. you could do the same on the other side what i'm saying is is that there is an overarching agenda for all of our lives regardless of the movement and the end of that thing is to keep us from discussing, mm. to keep us from uh, seeing each other for who we are, to 
to continually keep us in these uh, endless feedback loops where all we do is surround ourselves with people who agree with us and we don't listen to alternative points of view and to ultimately polarize us and to keep us in our camps rather than discussing one with another and to really having uh, you know, substantive, um, thought-provoking discussions about things that really, truly matter. And I think ultimately that's the thing that provoked me into doing what I'm doing right mm -hmm. now. Um, so a little, a, a little tidbit about myself. So I was pastoring a church that I had started in 2020 wow. up until uh, about June of 2020. So around that same time, that's what intrigued me about that, uh, what, what started with you a little bit before then, but when you started releasing. Um, and so I, was, I had started my own church from scratch. It was a year in, all of this stuff started happening, and I realized, ooh, I'll put it in Christian language. The devil's winning. Mm. The devil is winning because the church is not reaching the culture like it should have been. We have been satisfied with cool, uh, uh, cool Instagram accounts and cool clothes, and uh, you know, building that up, and maybe even some level of cultural fame, um, and trying to achieve that. We have we have lost a generation's minds, and that's where Indie Thinker came from. Essentially, is that like we we're going to endlessly fall for this this bait this trap of um of of following for the cultural agenda that wants to separate us divide us and not keep us thinking clearly for ourselves right. and so um it provoked me to come to the place where i said i want to have those conversations but i want to have them from a christian perspective but i also want to be bold enough to have those conversations in such a way in and sometimes I achieve this, maybe sometimes I don't. I have them in such a way where I can lead people back to the truth, where I don't just uh, illustrate the problem, but I illustrate the cure as well. So it's not just uh, description is prescriptive as well. And so, I mean, that's that motivates me to do what I'm doing right now. And I, I think it. there couldn't be a better time Absolutely. to try to bring people together from different uh, parts of the ideological spectrum to have conversations without arguing. Uh, and if we disagree, to do it respectfully. Right. Absolutely, I agree. Um, the word, man. <laughs> the word, man. Get it? Um, it's, yes, you are. <laughs> the word is, that's the one thing that totally changed my life. Most people don't know this, but I, when, in school, I hated to read. Literally, like cliff notes, any kind of shortcut, that was my go-to. Mm -hmm. I ain't got time to read. Like, it's just, I'm not interested. And I mess around and get saved. And now all I want to do is read. Hmm. And it's through those times of personal study. It's through those times of just spending time with him where I'm reading. It could be the same scripture that I've read over the last few years. It doesn't matter. There's so much depth and revelation in it that it opens your eyes to clear understanding. And that's what I believe as a church, as a whole, as a body, we have to get back to what is he saying? Because, again, none of this is surprising to him. Mm -hmm. The times we're living in, the things we're going through, He's already given us the answer, but because there's so many voices, because there's so much noise, because there's so much chaos chaos around us, we're losing sight of what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Peter. Peter did the impossible until he took his eyes off of him yeah. and he began to sing. And I believe as a church, we, we tend to do that sometimes. We take our eyes off because of our surroundings. Yeah. But if we'll just stay focused on him, listen to what he's saying, Man, we'll thrive. Peter took his eyes off Jesus too, and uh, what did I say? <laughs> no, you said that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I hope I'll he, make sure he, I didn't say Paul or something. No, he took his eyes <laughs> off in the boat, is what you're talking yeah. about. But he took his eyes off Jesus too when he was in the garden, and mm. he ended up cutting off a dude's ear. Yeah, and I wonder too, man, like how many ears are gonna be cut off if yeah. we uh, if we forget. Because here's the thing, man, is like some of these disciples, some of them are like Shiite disciples. The uh, the one of them was a zealot, Simon the Zealot. Uh, they all come from these different backgrounds and these different perspectives. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that we're all different. We all have our lane to run in and stuff. And I, and I have a real big problem with uh, people who, not, who don't understand another person's lane critiquing mm -hmm. that person's lane. Wow. Um, it, it happens to me a lot lately because I go from being a pastor to being a very vocal uh, uh, podcaster mm -hmm. about some of these things. And, uh, 
And of course, I'm a screw up from time to time. But guess what? So are you. Right. Uh, but uh, but the point is, is that like I have a lane and my lane as a teacher is different than yours as a pastor. You're supposed to tend the flock and care for the care for the flock. You're yeah. supposed to heal their wounds. You're supposed to bind them up. You're supposed to be there weddings, funerals and all of that stuff. My job is to try to help bring in as many different um, ideas as possible and then to nuance those ideas, to critique, not criticize, critique those ideas, um, and then to flesh out where maybe a Christian perspective on those ideas may be. Um, so a lot of people don't get that. Um, but anyway, I guess I was just saying all of that to say that uh, that I do wonder, you know, Jesus said, eye for an eye makes the world, uh, he didn't say makes the world go blind, but he said, no more say this among you. And then I think, uh, well, I want to say it was Gandhi said an eye for an eye makes the world go bomb, but I don't remember who it was. But anyway, um, I'm wondering how many ears get cut off in the process too, you know, with somebody like me being honest, being bold, being mm -hmm. brave, hopefully, uh, and courageous about this stuff, because I'd rather die uh, uh, um, courageous than to live a coward. Yes, sir. Is that Tupac? I think that's Tupac. Maybe that's my man. <laughs> we share the same birthday. I don't know. If Do you, you really? Know. Oh, my gosh, yes. Get out, thug yes, life. Yes, all day. I got it tatted. Do you really? But it was fake, so I washed it off. <laughs> <laughs> I have to show you a picture of my son uh, with a tat. Anyway, uh, that is fake. Uh, but uh, I do, but yet at the same token, and this is the power of nuance: is that you can say one thing and be right on this side, but you also need to say, "Yeah, but on this side, if you do it this way, then it's wrong." So two things can be right, and the same thing can be right and wrong, depending upon sometimes the way it's done or the, the way what's said in the process. So anyway, I wonder how many ears will be cut off in the wake of um, of us taking our eyes off Jesus one way or the other. Well, I believe we could all, any one of us on any given Sunday could be Peter. Mm -hmm. it just you get in the flesh and you're going to, you know, in today's age, you might not cut somebody's ear. You might shoot them instead. Mm. It's just, you know, you losing sight of who you are and your purpose. Yeah. Any Any given Sunday, we could lose it. Yeah. If we if we succumb to the environment, if we succumb to the voices, um, the things that are going on around us, um, I think that's so. Know. I think that's so beautiful, though, is that this is an opportunity for us, and and this is the thing that I lamented the most about the fact that pastors have the conversation, but have the conversation through a clearly biblical lens, not through the lens of critical race theory, not through the lens of uh, the culture, not through the lens of the social mores. That if you know, if you go against those, then you're going to lose followers on Instagram. But you yeah. know, the truth still calls you to preach. Um, uh, but to, <laughs> to have, um, Lord, I totally lost train of thought. <laughs> but uh, uh, but to, to have those conversations, but to um, uh, but to do it with the right heart and with the right mentality. Anyway, yeah. you keep going. Yeah, I just, I mean, you're exactly right, man. I just, I don't know. I just. It may sound like, okay, well, he's just saying, you know, the word is the answer. He acts like the word is just everything and it's just, it's just that easy. But the truth is the word is the answer. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's that easy, but I am saying that, man, if we'll allow this word to transform us, we're going to get to a place where we can learn how to love our enemies. Yeah, We can get to a place where we can learn how to love those that hate us. We can get to a place where ultimately love is the goal. That's who God is, just to love one another we won't see color, hmm. you know, we won't see, it just, we just see red. Yeah. And that's you know, the, the blood of Jesus. I heard a smart man say one time that the word was like hot sauce and that he would put that on everything. You know what? I, I, I heard that guy say that too, man. <laughs> that's crazy that you would say that, but it is. Yeah. But when you have so many distractions, when you got so much going on in the world, you ain't thinking about the word. Yeah. You know, I believe most believers not just because of social media, but there's other things too. But man, when's the last time you actually picked up a Bible, mm. the book with the pages that sound yeah. like chips when you turn them? You know, it's easy to jump on your your app and grateful for the app. Don't get me wrong, because some people don't have Bibles, but that can be a distraction. Mm. You know, because you're on your phone. Next thing you know, you're gonna get a message, or you're gonna fall a phone call. Now you forgot what scripture you were reading. Whatever, that's just me. Might yeah. be an old school thing. I don't know, but I prefer I my so. I prefer my my paper. Yeah, you know, and you know my leather back. Yeah, because I want to just I want to be involved with him and him only in that moment. Because mm. it's crucial, man. We need it. We yeah. we the number of people contemplating suicide. It's crazy. Yeah, 
young people, old people, doesn't matter. It's 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 but that's a spirit. And we fail to realize it ain't just because of what we're going through. Man, that's a spirit mm-hmm. that's running rapid, even in the body of Christ. Yeah. Even in the body of Christ. And, you know, you got talks with COVID and, you know, people are forgetting. We as a people are forgetting that, okay, but God is a healer. Yeah. I realize it. COVID is a name, but there's no name greater than the name of Jesus. Come on, man. Yeah. And so if that's, the, if that's the truth and you want truth, well, let's just go with the truth. Yeah. I, well, this is what I believe. I believe that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed and I am healed. Mm-hmm. Not saying that I won't get it. Not saying that, you know, I won't be exposed to it. I'm not saying any of What I'm saying is, if I were to get it, I believe that I'm already healed and God has made a way. Yeah. Just right. like Shadrach, even if you throw us in, you know what? We believe that our God is going to rescue us and be able to save us. And honestly, man, that's just how I, I feel about everything concerning what God has said and what yeah. he's promised I believe that it's already done, yeah. you know, and I know that I understand it comes with faith and it has to be strengthened. It has to be worked out. Um, but I believe the spirit of doubt has ran rapid through the body to the point where, you know what? Some people are questioning, is God really, is he really real? Yeah. And why would God allow such a thing to happen? And, you know, there's a great falling away, just like he said it would be. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause the next thing I was going to mention to you is, um, that's been the frustrating thing for me as I've seen uh, uh, some of these conversations uh, take place within the church around race and that kind of stuff is, um, have you heard, do you know who David Platt is? No. Not my name. Okay. So David Platt is the guy that wrote the book Radical. He's a pastor at McLean Bible Church. Um, and so his church is going through a very, uh, he's the ninth biggest church in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. Uh, it's up in the top ten. Um, but he's going through a very public church split right now because his congregation on one side is a little bit frustrated with and disappointed with some things that they feel like messaging-wise that he's been saying about race. And then you have um, uh, another contingent who thinks that that side is totally nuts and probably a bunch of MAGA hat-wearing Trump supporters. And mm-hmm. um, and then in the process of this, like a couple of different things have happened. Like he has a uh, black staff pastor who got up and said, you know, through all of this racial stuff, I just feel like I want to torch, especially white evangelicals. And, um, and, and so here's the crazy thing is that David Platt's always been somebody who's been um, a word defender mm-hmm. and somebody who's really stood up biblically for truth and somebody that most people would look up to as a, uh, um, you know, an, an avid Bible defender. Um, and so the frustrating thing for me is to see some of the things that's uh, that's happened uh, at that church, and even some of the things that he's said. Um, when because the the tricky thing here, and this is where the devil probably is in the details, is that people say they're following the word, but sometimes they're not, and they're mistaken, and they think that they are. Um, so that's the, that's the only other thing that kind of like I would throw into the mix here is that like who could deny um, that this is an, a prime time for the church to be the church. And, it, and on the one hand, I'm frustrated when I don't see that happening. But then on the other hand, too, how do you know? How do you know? And I think I know the answer to this. But um, all right, let me put it, roll the tape back. I do know the answer to this. I want to hear what you have to say that. How do you know when you say you're preaching the word and you're staying with the word that you really are staying with the word and that you haven't uh you know adopted some kind of like personal preference or some personal lens to put it on the to put on the word how do you truly know that you're a word christian god is in it if he's not in it it's not going to succeed mm-hmm. um in the book of acts I can't give you reference right now, but I know in the book of Acts, I have it marked. You have a situation where a man comes to the disciples. Well, actually, the disciples are being persecuted. The man goes to the counselors and says, listen, leave these guys alone. Okay? Because if what they're doing is not of God, you'll know it. Yeah. But if it is, you're going to find yourself fighting against God himself. And that's the key. Is God in it? Did God tell you to do it? Or are you just doing it because you think it's a great idea or it's a selfish ambition? That's wonderful, yeah. So, um, you know, it's no different than 
you coming to me and saying, man, I think I'm going to start this podcast, blah, blah, blah. Now, it's not on me to say, are you sure God told you to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, you no, could. No, <laughs> you no. Know, as a believer, because I'm a brother, we're brothers. Um, my job is to pray for you. That's what God said. Mm-hmm. Pray for one another. Yeah. Okay, you say this is your president. I'm, I, you know, this is pre- what, well, what did God say? Yeah. God said just to pray for the president. I wonder if uh, if we can't leave each other alone anymore. I almost feel like you know God's what? up and like, leave your brother alone. And I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> that is the answer. And the thing is, everybody has to have an opinion, but yeah. they don't have to. Yeah. Man, forget what we have said. Forget what we want to say. What has God said? Mm-hmm. That's it. What is God? Yeah. How does God feel about it? Yeah, I try to fight that balance. I try whenever I try to talk about stuff, I try to provide the perspective of because I've, I've even maybe learned this uh, through the process of doing is that like I've talked about stuff, but then I thought to myself, I don't just want to talk about stuff. Like anybody can talk about stuff. I want to provide a Christian perspective to the things that we're talking about, at least as, to the best of my ability. Like say, hey, this is what I think. Uh, scripture would say, this is what I think truth demands, is that we look at this from this perspective. So. What's the brother's name? David? David Platt. Platt. Okay, so he said these things in the book. Now the congregation is split. Mm-hmm. Some people are upset. Some people are for him. That's a division. Yep. It's a divided situation. You may say, well, it's because of what he said. Well, maybe so. But who's behind it? Yeah, we know. The enemy's behind it. How you know the enemy's? Because it is a spirit. The enemy might be using this man. Yeah. Un- I mean, he may not know it, but maybe. But what is again? What is our job as brothers and sisters? Man, we need to pray for David. Yeah. We need to pray for that body. We need to pray for the body of Christ in general because mm-hmm. the enemy has found a foothold somewhere, and it's through that book. But see, I don't think you can have that prayer without the conversation. So I think you need to have the conversation. This is one thing I would fight yeah, for. Absolutely. Is like, but, I, but who needs to have the conversation? Well, I, I think for the purposes of being informed, uh, you, you ha- conversations are important to say, okay, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, uh, what's going on there? You know, how can I get some perspective from outside of actually what's going on there to mm-hmm. say like an outside observer, because what's going on there is obviously very emotionally based, uh, and all that stuff. So I do, I do think there's merit in the conversation for the sake of prayer. Uh, because I think the best prayers that you pray are informed prayers. Now I may be a nut bro. Cause but, but at the end of the day, when somebody says, I have an unspoken prayer request. I always pray for it out of human kindness, but I got to be honest with you, man. I hate those things. I hate those things because I'm like, you want me to pray about something and you don't want tell me what I'm supposed to pray about? Well, that maybe, doesn't make any know. sense. Well, here's the thing, because God knows. Yeah. You know, so it's like. I, I told to, you I'm a nut, bro. I, I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I understand. I used to say it all the time too, man. But, you know, sometimes, for whatever the reason it is, they, want, they don't want to mention it. Yeah, but God I, knows what we have need of even before we ask. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get, I, and I get that, but still at the same time, I'm just like, I know what you're if, saying, if it's private, <laughs> totally understand. Don't get divulge any private information in a prayer request that you cannot pray. And I'll pray for you regardless because I love you. That's it. But it's also a little bit, uh, a little bit hard to pray when I have no idea what I'm praying about. Uh, so I, I, anyway, I, I think informed perspectives are important, but there's no doubt, bro. Uh, uh, who would I be if I said anything other than amen? Yes, we need more word. We need more Christians who are putting the word on everything uh, and <laughs> treating it like hot sauce because we desperately do need it. And I wonder, too, um, this is just mere conjecture, and then I'll ask you another question. I wonder, too, if the biblical re- – Gamaliel, you, you quoted Gamaliel's response to the Sanhedrin where he said, hey, if this is of God, it'll prosper. If it's not, it'll go away, so don't fight them. uh, He was a Jew. He wasn't speaking by, as far as we could tell, by the unction of the Holy Spirit. But there's some truth to that. And I wonder, too, if what's going on at Platt's church, as as a microcosm of the macro of what's going on in our world, if he would just stand up and say, hey, all of you guys who are trying to resist me, I just want you to know this. I love you. You're my brothers and sisters. And I'm praying for you. Um, mm. I can't want, help but wonder what that conversation would look like if it was different and just say, hey, if I'm not supposed to be the pastor of the church, I won't be, period. Uh, but if I am, God's got my back. Yeah. Um, 
because what he actually got up and did and casti- he castigated one side of his, probably the Trump supporting side of his church castigated them and said they're spreading misinformation going to the news and blah, 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 because he was really ticked off about what they were doing, which I totally understand. Um, and I probably in his situation would do the same thing. But it all, I don't know, man, it goes all, always back to this thing that I'm constantly asking myself, how do we speak the truth in love, but make sure that we're not deceiving ourselves and we really just turn into Peter whacking people's ear and we're saying we're speaking the truth in love. So I'm always careful about self-deception and making sure that we are living according to the word of God. And how do, how do you nuance that? Because I think you have to be willing to have conversations and ask those questions mm-hmm. if you're going to protect yourself from error. Because if you're not willing to listen to other people's perspectives and maybe have conversations with other people, then you may not be able to see your own your own faults and you have blind spots that can only come out when you speak to other people about those kind of things. Yeah, and I agree 100%. Um, I think the, the most or one of the most important things in those situations when you're ready to have those conversations are who are you having the conversations with? Because if you're having conversations with people that you know are strife-driven and so opinionated that you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's why I ask you who should be having that conversation with them. Well, definitely leaders. Yeah. You know, leaders need to gather and say, hey, let's, you know, we ain't got to advertise it and get on social media and all that. Let's get this brother, man, you know, in a room and let's talk. Let's talk. Let's hear his perspective. Let's hear why. Let's hear his heart. Like you said, God looks at the heart. So we need to know why did you say the things that you said? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Let's help one another. Yeah. You know, I think we're so against one another. The enemy's like, man, I ain't even got to do nothing. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go over here to another country and mess with them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But you know, we've got to we've got to just get back to a place of love and authentic love, like you yeah. said, love where it's like, okay, this is this is the heart of the Father. This is what He would want. I think we've lost that. Mm. Yeah, and there's no doubt. <clears throat> I I. Uh, will table kind of the conversation conversation, but I, I think conversations are a part of that, but there's no doubt that um, faith is a part of that. And I, and I guess that rolls up into a ball here in this way, that I think this is one of the greatest opportunities for people like you and people like myself. <clears throat> As people are inundated with opinions um, to, uh, to find something that they can trust, that they can mm-hmm. cling on, um, and what greater time for the church than right now to say, hey, I have a perspective. I'll share that with you. But now that I'm done with that, let me tell you a greater perspective. Let me share the word of God with you. Let me share um, a perspective that transcends my human, failed, frail understanding. Yeah. And um, and it, people are finding that shifting sand under their feet more and more and more in this technological age, especially in an age where everybody has an opinion, like you said, yeah. and they are far too free to share it on social media than, than they should be. Um, <clears throat> Uh, and uh, and I think that that has, has pushed us closer, I hope, I hope. It's pushed us closer to the polarization, but I'm hoping as that kind of shifts this way that um, that, that provides for us this desire to search for permanent ground, like the, the, the rock that you can build your house upon. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my hope. Absolutely. Um, and this is not a plug at all. No, plug, it, plug, plug. But it might be. Um, By Faith Forever is the model for Zero Doubt Music. It's something that I heard years ago. And, you know, when I think about the believer, man, everything that we have to do, everything that we're supposed to do is by faith. Mm -hmm. Because God is such a supernatural guy. He doesn't do anything natural. So when he manifests himself, when something happens, whatever, it's it's by faith that we receive salvation. By faith, you know, you're not getting, you know, a certificate in the mail talking about congratulations, you got saved. No, God saves you right then, you know, but you receive it by faith. Mm-hmm. Just like your healing, you're going to receive it by faith. Your deliverance is by faith. Everything is by faith. So, by faith forever, I believe is the way God has called us to live. So, the things that we're doing through our ministries, um, you know, the outreaches, even you stepping out in faith with the podcast, it's a faith move. It wasn't like, you know what, I got, I got you know, 15 million in the bank, so I'm going to go ahead and just chill. I'm going to do this mm-hmm. podcast. 
No, it's about faith that you're doing this. It was about 15. That's <laughs> what it was. That's better than some. Yeah. But it's by faith. You know, the reason that you go forward is it's by faith because you're believing that when you show up, God has already made a way and it's going to continue to make a way. Mm-hmm. Now we have, see, it's, it's nothing for us to say. It's not for us to be able to say, yeah, man, I did this, I did this, and did this to a non believer. Yeah. Because no, there's no glory in that for God. But when you can say, yeah, man, I trusted God. I stepped out on faith. Now this is happening. This is happening. Now the unbeliever who doesn't even know God is like, God did that for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe he'll do it for me. Yeah. Amen, man. All right. So speaking of by faith uh, and music, uh, yeah. how's, how is that going with you in the midst of COVID for touring um, and, and all that stuff? And I, and I have to kind of joke a little bit. I know some people are not going to think this is funny, but that's okay. Um, I sometimes walk around Tennessee and I'm just like, maybe I just listen to the news too much or whatever, but uh, I'm thinking to myself, dude, people in California are living such different lifestyles than us. Like yeah. we've pretty much moved on here. So, um, I, and, and I, I have to just be honest, um, go get your vaccination, uh, protect yourself, protect other people, all that stuff. I'll mm-hmm. put that out there as a disclaimer, but, um, at the end of the day, uh, we got to get back to, to life into living. Um, and, uh, and so we've really done that here. Um, and so I'm, I'm wondering, are you still able to tour? Uh, what did that look like for you in terms of kind of shutting down and stuff like that? Did you see things increase, decrease? Or where? how's music right now in the midst of COVID? Um, definitely slowed down. Okay. I think I may have did, after COVID actually hit around March, probably did two or three um, events, okay. which were great. And even since then, I've done two or three, um, but definitely slowed down. So that that was a time where I had to really ask God, okay, God, what's all the music for? Hmm. Like, why are you giving me all these songs? What's it for? And I just, I believe it's preparation for what's to come. Um, you know, like you said, I think we, we've kind of like moved on and we're thinking it's over, but there's another wave happening where people are getting it again. And even those that are vaccinated are getting it. So yeah. who knows what's gonna happen with with touring and you know you who knows but the great thing about technology is whether you're in a room whether you leave your house or you don't you can still reach out to people and be effective with your ministry you just got to be creative so did you find that in that 52 week yeah. uh interim that you were reaching more people than you had before oh my gosh it was and honestly the whole you know new song every single week that wasn't supposed to start until 2021 hmm. But it was like, what better timing? Everybody's home. Yeah. You know, and what I do, I don't have to leave my house. I can do everything from home. So you got a studio and stuff at home. Studio at home, send everything, get it back. And reaching nations, like it's it's amazing to me because, I mean, I'm in Tennessee. I'm in Tennessee in my house writing, recording, sending out. But I get a report every Friday that says, hey, man, you were in – the Netherlands, someone's yeah. listening in the cool. Netherlands or someone's listening in Germany. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. Like yeah. little old me, you know what I'm saying? And you're, you're touching nations and you're blessing nations. And again, we haven't released any music since May, but I believe, not believe, I know our listeners, streams, whatever you want to call it, they've doubled since then, every single week, just because of the report that I get from Apple on Fridays, usually around three thirty, four o'clock, they've actually doubled. And, you know, they're going back and they're listening to stuff that came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, they're listening to the new stuff. They're listening to to different things in different places. But I just, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to God, man, just to be used because who, who knew that you could be in one city and reach people all over the USA and not to mention nations, Yeah, you know, so. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I'm curious too about uh, the the industry. Um, mm-hmm. So who are some of the people that you really think like these are word rappers? These are word. Oh man! Why writers? would you do that to me? Uh, you don't have to say who's not. But ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy's a poser. Yeah. This is you know, I uh, I don't know if I want to touch this one only because this reason. I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, and I believe it to be just because of the times that we're living in. A lot of people, and I talk about Christian rappers, 
have gotten away from the message. Mm. I'm not saying they're not a Christian. You're just getting away from the message. Now you're just kind of making music that feels good, sounds good, but you're away from the message. Yeah. And, you know, that's a whole debate in itself that that's I don't... The, that's the purpose in the platform thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll say this. It has to be about, for me, if the message is not in it, if the message of Jesus Christ, if the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a part of my music, then it's just me making music as a Christian. Mm. It's just Christian music. Yeah. But right. I don't I don't want to make music just because it's just what I do. I want you to literally be fed from the time the, start, the song starts. So I want you to be able to say, man, that was a good meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to do the dumber and dumber things. So you're saying there's not <laughs> oh, a yeah, chance. There's... <laughs> so you're saying there are people in the industry Absolutely. that um, that we know faithfully serve the Lord, but you also know that this is true too. Um, I've found this fascinating. So you have to forgive me. You, I don't want you to name any names, and that's not the point of this. But I found it fascinating, the um, phenomenon of Christian artists who are not really Christian, who use Christianity as a platform to get their music out, but mm. don't have the values uh, of it. Now, one person came, comes to mind initially, uh, just as kind of a cultural icon kind of standpoint, is um, Kevin Max. You know who that is? You probably don't. Um, uh, because uh, he was one of the leaders of DC Talk mm-hmm. um, in, back in the day. Uh, and of course, I don't know when DC Talk disbanded and stuff, but obviously Toby Mac has gone out and done his his own thing. And then so has um, Kevin Tate, I think his name is. But anyway, um, so the third guy in DC Talk was a guy named Kevin Max. And so mm-hmm. he just recently came out and said that he's, you know, kind of um, turned away from the faith and all that kind of stuff. And I talked with multiple, I talked with, sorry, I should put it this way. I talked with one person and heard multiple people say it's not surprising um, that he turned away from the faith because they didn't really think he was ever in the faith. Um, and I don't, they didn't go into details with why, but, um, <clears throat> but, uh, I'm just wondering how, like, how often have you seen that? How often do you think oh, that yeah. happens? I mean, it is happening every day. Yeah. Like there's guys that I've listened to since the day that they've come out, um, that were preaching Jesus through their message that now they, as you said, they turn their back. Mm. For whatever reason, but it all goes back to motive. Yeah. Like, what was the reason for you doing what you were? You just doing it because you wanted to? Were you doing it because you was hoping to get rich? You know, were you hoping to get some endorsements? Or you know, there could be, we won't know unless you have the conversation with the people. Yeah. But you know, we we have like you said, it's got to be about purpose, man. It has to be okay. My motive for doing this is this because I want to increase, advance, and multiply the kingdom of God. Mm. That's- I do got to ask you this too, because this is, it's just been interesting to me because this has happened a lot in Christianity lately. And I'm hoping to get a guy named, uh, oh boy, Josh, I won't remember his name, but uh, Josh wrote a book uh, a while back that was one of the best sellers in like Christian history at the time called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Um, somebody is going to put that in the comment section, I know, because I cannot remember his last name. Forgive me. But anyway, um, so he's like a real high profile Christian who's turned away from the faith. Um, and he was kind of the leader of that kind of youth movement of uh, kind of not dating until you get married and all that kind of stuff, real super, super early on in, I think, like the 90s. Uh, but he totally disavowed his book, totally disavowed uh, Christianity, and then um, kind of, and even his marriage broke up. So uh, so it's happened. Have you had any gut-wrenching, heartbreaking experiences with other f- colleagues in the industry where you've seen them do the same thing? Those that I know personally, no. Um there have been several who've decided, you know what, man, I don't want to do music anymore. Mm-hmm. But again, that brings me to the question of, okay, why were you doing it to begin with? Now, did they just not want to do music anymore, or did they just not want to do Christian music anymore? Well, some decided they just didn't want to do music anymore, and some decided I don't want to do Christian music anymore. Yeah. So they are on the other side. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, I'm I'm a very simple dude. Um, and it's, it's, it's so even the way to the point where I live. Like I'm saying you know, the same things over and over because that's I'm just a simple person to the point where this is my reason why I'm doing it and this is why I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what happens with the industry, because I'm not a part of the industry, I'm a part of the ministry, regardless of what happens in the the industry, 
I'm going to do what I'm called to do. I love that. And I think a lot of people, they're just focused on how can I get to this place? Yeah. Whether it's, you know, fame, whether it's fortune, whatever. If those are your motives, then again, it'll come out. Yeah. It'll if you get have to, to a place. If you have to sell out to be famous, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to do it. So I want to be in a place where, you know what? And it took me a while to get there, but hey, this is what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. This is the audience God has given me. So you know what? I'm gonna give them a hundred percent. I'm not gonna wait till I get a hundred thousand, you know, followers or sub- subscribers, whatever, and then I'm gonna start giving them and putting my best foot forward. Yeah. Whether I got ten or ten million, I'm gonna give them my best through the gift that God has given me because mm-hmm. He's given me His best. Yeah. And that's just how I look at it. And that's what I've always loved about you is when you say you care about the Word and you care about the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, that's 100% true. And I, again, I, I want to be very, very charitable here, so I'm not trying to be uncharitable here, but I see a distinction in your music than I do with other people, even some of the big-name guys that... Um, I mean, I'll just... Because I, I, I don't care to say a name, but I'm not going to here. But there was just recently a uh, hip Christian hip-hop artist, one of the biggest in the game, probably the biggest who um, supported Raphael, um, it's all good, um, <clears throat> who supported Raphael Warnock. And the only reason that's disturbing is that I think it was just because of the color of his skin, because Raphael Warnock is a liberation theology preacher, not a Christian preacher, um, and um, very pro-abortion and um, uh, very pro-BLM and all this other stuff. And I just thought, boy, um, I anymore it's i wonder i wonder with that and not that it happened with him it just made me wonder because he could have been that way the, the, the whole time i wonder if you don't have the kind of resolve that you have if fame changes you or it really brings out who you really are so you got to know who you are before you get into that thing or else it can change you oh yeah i believe that 100 percent. again goes back to motive yeah why are you doing it are you looking to get this the status, or are you really doing it because God called you to do it? Yeah. And I can speak honestly for me. Man, I know God has just called me to do this. He didn't promise me anything hmm. except that he would be with me. Yeah, That was it. I love and that. that's all that I need to go forward. You know, um, I'm not I'm not wealthy yet um, from music, but that's not my motive either. You know, most of the stuff, I, I give away almost everything. If you look at the industry, music is basically free. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. so it's not about money. It never has been about money. Do you want to see results and returns? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? But at the end of the day, it's not about that. It's about, okay, I want to please God, period. Yeah. Nobody else. Not my spouse, not my kids. I mean, you want to please them, but that's not the goal. Yeah. The goal is I want to just please God because at the end of the day, he's the one that I'm responsible to, not people. Love God, love people, serve God, serve people. That's it. So simple. I, yeah, it it's is. simple, man. It is. It really is. Um, and and so I'm going to ask this last question, and uh, I know the answer to it, so it's probably <laughs> a dumb question. Uh, and I think I know how you respond anyway, too. But can you be famous in the industry and keep your heart pure? Absolutely. I think we have enough examples out there, at least looking from the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, you said a few minutes ago, Toby Mac, he's been doing it for years. He's never wanted to change his genre for the sake of sales. Um, he doesn't have a problem being called a Christian artist. Um, and, you know, God has blessed him for it. So mm-hmm. he has given him what he has for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fame's not the goal, but if al- along the way it happens, praise the Lord for it. But the goal is serve Christ, serve people. Um, and and love them along the way, even though that's difficult sometimes. Yeah. Let me, can I, I want to say this too, man, yeah. because this was very encouraging for me. I've had, you know, opportunities to quit. I've had temptations to say, you know what, man, just, just don't do this anymore. You know, no one's even, you know, on your page or no one's even streaming your music or whatever. These are the voices that you hear. Yeah. But again, it goes back to what are you doing this for? And I remember there was a time uh, a few years ago where I was thinking about, you know what, man, not giving up on God. Not quitting God in the kingdom, but just not being 
an artist or doing music, which is something God called me to do. Here, this is the thoughts I'm having. I'm not going to do music anymore. I'm just going to be a Christian and get fed, and I'll serve when I can. Yeah. And I've had this happen on a number of occasions, but I promise you, every time it's happened, God would send someone to encourage me mm. to say, "Don't stop what you're doing." One guy in particular, and I just shared this story with him not too long ago. He came to me, didn't even know what he was doing. He said, hey, man, I just want to let you know that me and, you know, me and my wife, all we do is listen to your music. Hmm. So please don't stop doing what you're doing, because if you do, we'll never have anything else to listen to. And he had no idea that I'm thinking about giving this thing up. Yeah. But those words right there were just confirmation to say, man, you got to keep going. For sure. You got to keep, this is way before COVID, all, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. So you ask, how does that happen? How do you do it? Man, it's just an inspiration I want to be used by God. And the more that I pour into him, the more he pours out. I'm just open to whatever he has for me and whoever he has for me. So the more that's happening, the more it's like, man, these songs are coming straight from the throne. Mm-hmm. And it's sweatless. Yeah. It ain't like I'm sitting at home like, all right, what am I going to say next? Man, it's sweatless. I love that, yeah. It's sweatless. That's cool. Well, that's a sign that uh, you are... Walking in the anointing, running in the lane that God has you in. Um, I mentioned this, and I don't even think I finished the story, but uh, that I had been pastoring for for a long time, um, and then I even started my own church, and then I stepped away from all of that to do this, which was a really, really huge jump for me. And and I went from preaching every single Sunday to not preaching at all, wow. which was cra- like crazy transition to me. But the thing I realized through that is that I had found my identity in what I was doing so deeply that it was hard for me to try to figure out who I was in that moment. Um, but I can say this, as long as I had been preaching 18 years in traditional ministry, working in different facets and different offices of, of Christian ministry, ministry um, I've never been more happy in my life doing what I'm doing now. Now, it's not without its tensions. It's not without its, like, you know, stupid read, you shouldn't have done that or said that or whatever. Um, <clears throat> it's not without those moments, but I've never felt more in the center of God's will yes. uh, than than right now. But the crazy thing is, too, is I think people think, um, people who have known me for the last 18 years are just like, um, that's a huge transition, or uh, maybe even, dude, you are crazy. But I can, if I could say one thing, there's nothing more sweet than being right smack dab in the center of God's will and knowing what you're doing is of Him. Um, because I can't help but believe, too, that when you do that, it comes with a certain amount of, of blessing um, that maybe is intangible but also tangible as well. Um, that you you do what God has told you to do, and He'll build the platform. Kind of circling all the way back to what we originally said. I agree, one hundred percent, sir. All right, bro. So tell me real quick, uh, just so that everybody listening can enjoy your amazing music. Uh, where do we find you online? How can we purchase that stuff? How can yeah. we listen? Well, we have a website. It's zero doubt music. That's z e r o d o u b t m u s i c dot com. Um, all the singles, all the albums are on all streaming platforms. I humbly say that I'm grateful to be global. So you can find this anywhere, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever it is that you're streaming on, uh, okay. under Zero Doubt. And also the group has a few albums out. The group is ZDM, just like Zero Doubt Music. Um, got some brothers that, that just love God, man, and extremely gifted that I've collaborated with on a few albums and a few projects that we got coming out some more stuff too. So uh, um, all those are on all streaming platforms. Thank you so much for your voice. My pleasure. Thank you for, for having me. Uh, never being a sellout. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for uh, for representing like you do, man. I That's really it. appreciate uh, just who you are as a man, who you are as an artist, the message that you're bringing out to the world. Uh, it matters more so than ever, bro. So keep it up. Yes, sir. We'll do. All right, man. Thanks appreciate so much. You. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Our thanks again to our guests for being on the show today. Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman was brought to you by our sponsors. If you like what you heard today, please do us a big favor and give it a five-star review and like it and share it with friends. And if you want to hear more awesome guests, make sure to check out past episodes. Indie Thinker is a nonprofit paid for by our sponsors and the generous gifts of people like you. In order to hear more great guests like you did today, please consider giving a tax-deductible gift by going to IndieThinker.org. And just remember, your voice matters, but infinitely more when you think for yourself.